listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. All right, welcome to a new episode recording this on a Sunday. The NBA playoffs finally here, obviously not under the circumstances that we would have liked to have seen, like at the Staples Center with Game 1 going on Tuesday, but... At least we got NBA basketball playoffs coming to us soon. This podcast, of course, is a part of the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. You name it, we are there. And, of course, check out silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs. Joining me back on the in the hot seat today uh, from Texas, Anthony Irwin. Anthony, what's going on, my man? I'm in the hot seat? Yeah, you're in the hot Harrison seat. I'm going to ask you, I'm gonna ask you a bunch of ridiculous questions today, so we're going to put you in the hot seat. I'm a little nervous because I I had no idea my job was on the line coming on this pod. I wouldn't have come on if I knew that my job was on the line based on how this thing goes. Oh, it is. It is. I was talking to Harrison <laughs> about that, and we said, hey, you know what? If he doesn't perform up to par on this one, we're getting rid of him. So, you know what? Bring your A game today, man. This is a, a Canadian revolution. Like, I'm, in, <laughs> I'm in trouble. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Uh, all right. For those of you who don't know, I mean, unless you live under a rock and you're not whatever following it, uh, Lakers taking on the red-hot Portland Trail Blazers in round one. That's getting started on Tuesday. It's a late game at uh, 6 o'clock Pacific time. Of course, you can watch it on TNT. Uh, let's jump into this right now, Anthony, right off the bat. You're looking at the Lakers, the Blazers. Um, what are you scared of about the Blazers from a Lakers perspective? Obviously, there's Dame Lillard. But there's, is there anything else that is, is, is remotely concerning you about their Lakers' chances against the Trail Blazers? Well, I mean, you, you mentioned... Uh, Dame and like every single show and every every single host is going to be talking about like how terrifying uh, Dame is. So I'm not going to try to find some unique way of of retelling that story. But I will say this: uh, the Lakers are going to have to expend so much energy on keeping Dame in check that you know the the Blazers are offensively they have the weapons to be able to take advantage of the Lakers when they when they expend too much energy on blame. On Dame. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so whether it's uh, CJ McCollum, whether it's uh, Gary Trent Jr., who is on track to be the greatest shooter of all time, Carmelo Anthony has learned that if he stands in the corner and hits those wide open corner threes the way that he does in the Olympics, he's actually valuable on an NBA court still. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Blazers, you know, th- this is a very different Blazers team compared to the last few years because, like, who used to be, Mo Harkless and Al Farouk Amino, those guys are now uh, Gary Trent Jr. and Carmelo Anthony. And now, while they aren't nearly the defenders that Amino and and uh, Harkless are, they are offensively explosive enough to where I think they're more dangerous than than those previous teams were. Like I think I think the Blazers basically looked at at the way that their seasons had ended and said, look offense wins out in the NBA and we are, we feel more confident about what we're capable of as a team moving forward. If we focus on offense, than if we try to stop, you know, the LeBrons and the KDs or the Anthony Davises in the past, like we, let's just, let's just try to outscore them. Let's try to get into a, a, a shooting match and, and see how things go. So for me, what makes me a little nervous uh, with this matchup is obviously Dame, but as the Lakers devote more energy in trying to keep Dame in check, mm-hmm. are they going to allow uh, Portland's other shooters, who have all been very good, to 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 get to make this thing a math equation 
where Portland is hitting threes compared to the Lakers twos. Yeah, and I think that's where, like, I was, I mean, obviously I've watched a ton of the, the Blazers games, and I think, you know, the Lakers took the foot off the gas a little bit over their over their last couple out of the eight they played there uh, in the restart. And, I, and I'm with you on that. I mean, looking at, like, even, like, Nurkic, he's looked, he's looked great, you know, getting back onto the court, coming back from his nasty injury he had last yeah. year. And I'm looking at that matchup inside against Anthony Davis. Like, I, and I agree with you. I think that you look at Lillard, McCollum, Carmelo Anthony, Gary Trent, these guys can go off. You know what I mean? But, and I do remember, I mean, again, I know this is probably something going, going really far back. I don't know if you would remember this, but the Blazers played the Lakers um, back in, I want to say it was late February or late January. And that was a game at the Staples Center where Lillard went off for 48. Hassan Whiteside had, had 30 points. Like, they're capable of doing that. And I think that's where it's it's kind of a scary part aspect from the Lakers angle of it. And I and I do worry about this sometimes. Like, don't get me wrong, LeBron and Anthony Davis are two of the, the clearly the two best players on the court and in this series. You know what I mean? I think Lillard's right there, but those two guys and you have them. But I, the one thing I look at it is the Lakers scoring depth. Like, are they going to be able to get enough points from Kyle Kuzma consistently? Um, you know, is, is uh, Morris going to be able to hit some, uh, get some extra, uh, extra buckets? And I think that's where the concerning part is. Dion Waiters, another guy we talked about on the podcast. So I'm looking at it like, are they going to be able to, keep up with the with the Blazers night in and night out. I, I think ultimately when we will get to our predictions down the line. But I think that's one aspect that I look at. Like if you just look at the sheer scoring down the the, uh, the Blazers roster and you look at the, to the Lakers, like I think the Blazers have more individual offensive talent. You think I'm wrong on that? Um no, probably not. Uh, I, I think I think it's a it's a lot it's a different team in that obviously Dame is an incredible scorer, but he's not He's not really the facilitator point guard, right? So, so like you don't, you it's it's easier to force Dame to just be a scorer or just be a passer, right? Yeah. Uh, I think with McCollum, you know, he's basically purely an isolation scorer at, at this point. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, like I said earlier, has expanded his game to you know be more comfortable on catch and shoot corner three pointers, but still, like he would much rather hold the ball for seven seconds, pivoting a bunch and make one fake, take a step back dribble and then shoot a fadeaway jumper in the mid range. You know, um, Gary Trent Jr. is, is having the season of his lifetime. He's going to get paid like crazy. And, and, you know, for him, like he, of, of all the Blazers players, players not named Lillard, I think it goes CJ, then Trent, then Mello in terms of guys that I'm nervous in, uh, about hurting the Lakers, and it's just because like stopping Dame is going to take so much energy. It's it's going to take you know a point guard, whether it's Caruso or KCP, really getting over or fighting over the screen as hard as they can. It's going to take AD stepping up, which is going to allow Nurkic to be able to slip on some occasions in the short roll. And in that short roll, he's shown that he's pretty good actually at finding those corner shooters. And if those corner shooters are hitting and the Lakers aren't, because what the Blazers are basically going to do, they have to do, is just completely sell out and say, all right, uh, LeBron, you aren't going to beat us with your own scoring. You're going to have to move the ball, and we are going to give all of the Lakers shooters the Rajon Rondo treatment. And if KCP and Alex Caruso and Danny Green shoot the way that they did in these bubble games, then the Lakers might be screwed. Like, that's just a math equation where, you know, either LeBron is really going to have to go off and beat double team after double team after double team on his own, 
and and AD is going to have to do the same thing because we know AD isn't very good at passing out of the double team. So, you know, either either LeBron or AD is going to have to just put up individual numbers d- despite a ton of attention as the Blazers beg Danny Green and KCP and Caruso and Kyle Kuzma and Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith and on down the line to beat them from deep. Uh, either that, either those guys are going to have to make shots or AD and LeBron are going to have to match Dame's God mode, which, like, to be clear, they can. You know, LeBron is, is a better player than Damian Lillard. Anthony Davis is a better player than Damian Lillard. So between those two guys, if they go God mode to match Damian going God mode, then the Lakers are still going to be fine. When you're looking at the uh, matchups, who do you start on on Lillard? Because I, I and I agree, I like the way you're looking at it. I, I think so too, and I think that's the only way. I, I think the Blazers are going to give them some fits, definitely. Um, just like I said, and we, like you mentioned, I mean, you've got uh, Gary Trent Jr., Carmelo Anthony, you know, kind of as the depth scorers behind Dame and CJ McCollum, but. Who do you start on them defensively? Because I'm looking at it. I mean, the Lakers, let's be honest, they look pretty ugly overall in the bubble. Again, I, I think they took their foot off their gas. You know, yeah, I, I think that was hard. apparent. And they were more like, all right, let's just kind of iron out the kinks and, and you know, get our get our conditioning back. And then we'll be OK. But, I, you know, I, I'm looking at it. And I'm like, like, like you mentioned, like the way these guys are shooting right now. Um, and, and, and then on the defensive end, how, who do you start on on Damian Lillard? Like, how, how would you do the matchup against against the Blazers starting lineup? Because they go with Melo, Zach Collins. Nurkic, Dame, and CJ. Like, how, how would you match up with that with, if you're the Lakers? Well, it's crazy. They start they start Collins alongside uh, Nurkic. Yeah, the last game they started uh, against the Blazers against the Nets. Sorry, they started uh, they started Collins and Nurkic together, and then I'm going to check over the last couple ones before that too. But that's what they that's what they rolled out against uh, against Brooklyn, and then against the Mavs. Um, they rolled out to start the game. Yeah, the same thing. So Collins and uh, Collins and Nurkic. Hmm. Well, I, I think uh, I, I think Collins is a little dinged up with his. I think he has some ankle swelling or something like that. So that's something to keep an eye on. But uh, my thing is is not so much who do you start on Dame because it's going to be KCP. We know this. But uh, my 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 grand take. Uh, as we look ahead to not just this matchup, but moving forward throughout the playoffs, is I don't think JaVale can start. No. When you get into it, when you when when you get into a playoff series, uh, you know, and 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 the Blazers are a little different because I don't think they're nearly as good as the teams that the Lakers are going to be playing once they go through Blazers. Right after they beat the Blazers, they're going to have to go through OKC or Houston, and then you got the Clippers, and then you got Milwaukee. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, I think for for the Lakers, what they what they really are going to have to do is probably either limit severely limit, if not take Javale's minutes completely away, and you know because Javale has to has to do drop coverage against Dame. He doesn't have the lateral quickness to be able to to stay up there with him. So, or you know the other thing is is with Javale, uh, he he also isn't big enough to really punish the Blazers on the other end for how small they might be. So I think what the Lakers will probably do, or probably have to really think about doing is going uh, KCP, Danny Green, Kuzma, LeBron, and AD is their starting lineup. And, and, you know, uh, really focus on, I'd probably put Danny Green on, on CJ to start, 
but Green wasn't playing very good defense at the you know throughout the bubble. So I think you might up wind up you might wind up having to put Kuzma on CJ and then have uh, Green trail uh, Trent all over the play all over the court, and then from there you have LeBron being able to kind of rove around while he's guarding Collins, and AD is going to be focused on Nurkic because he's the primary screen setter. So you know with with that lineup, I think that matches up the best with them. It's just a matter of does Vogel have the cachet in the locker room to be able to walk into this playoff series and say, JaVale, we just, we didn't see it from you in the bubble and, and you aren't a great matchup on this for this team. We'll try to line up your minutes as best we can with Whiteside, but Dwight's been better anyway. So you might just be better off telling JaVale, Hey man, just enjoy the, uh, or, you know, Disney world resort while we try to win a championship. I like I, I like your idea with that with that starting lineup there, and I think that that's where uh, Vogel's going to be kind of tested right now because we've seen KCP man. I mean, I, I remember during the year like if he, was, if he was guarding like Kawhi Leonard or James Harden or somebody good, he gets lit up. You, you yeah. know what I mean? He's too I, small. I think this is where he is too small. And I think this is where having Avery Bradley uh, would have been a help, especially in this series because you could have had him on on Dame, you know, throughout the game, and he's he's a pretty good defender. Not like you're going to be able to completely stop Damian Lillard. You can hope to contain. Damian Lillard. I think that's that's a big thing as well. But I, I like the way you're doing it. And I think this is going to be a good test of, of Frank Vogel's coaching capacity. You know, he, he passed everything with flying colors during the season. The team was, you know, unstoppable. Obviously, the number one seed in the West, sitting at 52 and 19. Probably would have had a better record if, if they would have, you know, took the things a little bit more seriously in Orlando. But that's where I'm, I'm with you, too. I, I don't think you could start JaVale McGee against that lineup that, that Portland's going to trot out there. And it'll be interesting to see, too, if, if, if how Portland... Now, looking at it on the other end, if you are in, in uh, putting on your trailblazers hat, how do you, like, how would they match up against LeBron? I'm like, I'm trying to think about that too. Like, who are you going to start on? Who are you going to start on LeBron James? Carmelo Anthony? Like, he's going to get killed, right? And that's where I think maybe you're not going to see Zach Collins um, maybe starting. You're right. You know, maybe take him out and get somebody else out there. But who, who do you think that they can have that can even remotely try and contest against LeBron James? What's Ruben Patterson doing nowadays? <laughs> the Kobe stopper? I wonder. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. Uh, that's a good question. I know he got in some trouble. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go down that. But I, I wonder what happened. Uh, he would be a good. Uh, probably the best option <laughs> to, to bring him out right now, right? Yeah, I mean, like it really hurts that Ariza and even Ariza's past his prime. So you you really kind of wonder what he would have been able to do even against uh, LeBron. I did. I did unlocked on Lakers, which you can find everywhere that you find uh, podcasts. By the way. Hey, um, hey, hey, they... <laughs> hey, 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 that stuff here, all right? <laughs> uh, but I did, I did, uh, I did a crossover episode with Locked On Blazers, and, and he was saying that, and, and I, look, I, I apologize for sounding condescending. I had no, the, I had no idea who this person was. Some yeah. guy named Winion, I think is his name. And, uh, and he's some rookie who I think barely got into, you know, 40 games in his rookie season and they're basically thinking, hey, he's the only guy who has the athleticism and length to be able to kind of not be embarrassed by LeBron. But if yeah. you're relying on a rookie against playoff LeBron, you're in trouble. Like you're just you're really screwed. So I think the way that the Blazers are going to have to defend LeBron, and this goes for 82, is they're going to send the house at those guys. Yeah, uh, They're, they're going to just completely sell out. You're going to see double and triple teams, and <clears throat> they're just going to say, all right, uh, Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, who shot the ball uh, really, really well in the bubble, mm -hmm. uh, KCP, Alex Caruso, 
like all you guys are going to have to be the people who keeps up with our own shooting. And that's, you know, uh, I think eventually LeBron will figure it out. And I think eventually like Danny Green's shooting will come around. Like I said, a second ago, uh, Kyle Kuzma shot the ball well enough to where I think he's going to be okay. Uh, and even KCP shot the ball really well this year. And while he's in a bit of a slump and he's kind of banged up, given the amount of space that he's going to have, eventually those guys are going to be able to knock down shots. Uh, it's just, you know, that's what the Blazers are going to have to do. They don't have anybody, like not a single person on their roster. Terry Stotts could go out there and try guarding LeBron. <laughs> Nobody is going to be able to do anything to deter LeBron, especially if he gets into that mode where late in the year before the hiatus, he started working more out of the post and he would just back people down mercilessly. Like, you know, like your, your kind of overweight uncle does to the kids when he realizes he can't guard them. He just says, all right, fine. I'm just going to beat the hell out of you in the post. That's what LeBron started doing to everybody in, in the, uh, right before the league shut down. And I think that's basically what, Le- what uh, LeBron is going to have to do in this series and throughout the playoffs. And individually speaking, the, the Blazers don't have anybody to, who might be able to stop them. If they send three or four or five defenders at LeBron in some stretches and just demand that the Lakers beat them from deep, uh, you know, that's that's their only option. And if if guys start hitting shots, then you're looking at a four or five game series. Yeah, and I could I could see them, you know, trying to change up the pace. Uh, Terry Stotts being like, hey, you know, let's let's double LeBron here for the next, you know, four or five possessions. Okay, then go, you know the Lakers will adjust, and then they'll go back to going man to man. I also wouldn't be surprised to see the Blazers play a little bit of zone as well, just and force, that. yeah, that's a yeah, and point. force you know force the Lakers to try and hit some hit some outside shots because they've been struggling so much from beyond the arc. Uh, let's take a short break, and we'll come back and we'll get into some predictions for this series as well as the rest of the NBA. All right, and we are back. Are right, we kind of broken it down, Anthony, a little bit? I mean, I'm sure we can talk about this for hours, but when you're looking at the, the Lakers-Blazers uh, series, how do you see it playing out? How many games and who wins? It, it's it's one of my favorite kinds of series uh, that you see, not just in the NBA, but in sports, right? Where all of logic points to the Lakers winning this in four or five games, right? Mm-hmm. The three, if it was possible. Um, like the Lakers are just a vastly better team than the Blazers are. They are, they're a great story and maybe they would have had a better record if, if they had guys healthier throughout the year, but the Lakers are just, they're a comp, they're, they're, a, they're a championship level team and the Blazers are a, a mid tier playoff team, maybe a lower tier playoff team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if, if you just break it down to that, then the Lakers should win this thing in four or five games. That said, and this is one of my favorite things in sports is it might just be Dame going off, man. He hit a shot from Jerry West's foot on the logo. The other day. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. Shooting, he, he's shooting from, from like they have that around the world challenge, the drinking game that they do in, at, at uh, Disney world. Right. He's hitting shots from each and every one of the stops along that, that, that around the world drinking challenge. And, and there's not really anything you can do when somebody is shooting from that far as well as Dame is shooting, because like that allows them to be able to set a screen like 30 feet away from the basket. And uh, you could try to go under it, but Nurkic is a big enough guy that I, I, you know, once Dame gets any kind of a head start, good luck to any point guard trying to catch back up and get in front of him again. And 
if it's such a high screen that you're now pulling Anthony Davis away from the rim and, and let alone if it's Dwight Howard or JaVale, then they're completely taken they're out cooked. of the play. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's nothing that they can do out there. So, you know, it, while I want to say that the Lakers are just so much better in every other facet of the game, I still can't get past the fact that this, this Dame is playing at such an insane level that I don't think they can win the series. Like, I don't think there's, they could play this series a hundred times. I don't think the the Blazers win it once, but you know, does a, does a five game series become a six or a seven game series? That's what I'm, I'm kind of watching for. So I think the Lakers win in five. I think one thing the Blazers are really going to miss is not being able to travel back and play in Portland. Yeah. Um, and and because of that, I think it's it's a it's a five game series. Okay, I mean, I mean, I'm taking the Lakers to win, but I I think it's going to go six. I, I think just the way I, I mean, you so. look at yeah, you look at Damian. I mean, the guy's what? But forty two last game, sixty one before then, fifty one before then. He seems like a man possessed right now. So I think he's going to have a couple of games where. And I, again, this is where I think the 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 Blazers will give the Lakers some trouble. I agree with you. I don't see a chance. Give them a chance at all to win this series, but I do look at it and think okay. You know what, Damian Lillard, if they're scoring in the in the 130, you know, 125, 130, I think the Lakers, just in terms of depth scoring, are going to have a hard time getting there. But ultimately, I do think the Lakers' defense will be the difference in the series. Uh, maybe just not for a couple of games. So I'll, I'll take the uh, I'll take the Lakers in in six. Now let's go around the other uh, Western Conference matchups. Utah, Denver. Uh, that one's the first game starting off Monday morning at uh, at 10:30 Pacific time. Who do you like in that one? It has to be Denver. I mean. Utah is already shorthanded. They're going to be missing Mike Conley at the very beginning of the series. Yeah. He's going to be out for a game or two, uh, as I believe his son is being born. So, uh, you know, that's that's going to impact it. Denver is also banged up. Will Barton isn't expected to play. Gary Harris isn't expected to play. Uh, and those are two pretty big losses. But uh, still, like so long as Jokic is healthy, I think Denver is pretty clearly the third best team in the uh, in the conference behind uh behind the Lakers and the Clippers. So so I think they 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 probably win this. Now, Denver in the playoffs is always kind of an adventure. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I think what should be like a five game series could easily turn into a six or a seven game just because Denver does Denver stuff. But I, I still think Denver wins fairly handily against uh Utah. How about you? I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I just think Utah actually looks like they've looked pretty terrible. The Jazz have while, they, while they've been there. Uh, I like Denver's depth. I, I agree with you. I think Denver's clearly the third best team in the conference. I'll take the Nuggets in, in five on that one. And then the, this is probably my favorite first-round series in the West, OKC-Houston. Yep. Uh, I love the way OKC plays, considering they don't have, like, obviously they have Chris Paul, and then it's like they have a bunch of good players around him. Uh, Houston, who knows what they're going to do. They're going to have five guys on the court who are 6'5 and, and, and shorter. So who knows what the hell Mike D'Antoni is going to pull out there. That's a series I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching. I think that's going to be the closest of the first-round matchups in the West. Yeah, I think, I think I have OKC winning that one just because I think Russ is going to miss at least a game uh, early on. And it was always, I think, going to be a seven-game series. And if Houston is already playing one of those uh, games shorthanded, that makes me really nervous about that. Like Russ became a bit of a running joke uh, mm-hmm. because he he averaged a triple double and he won an MVP and and uh, analytically inclined people are really smug and petty. But I I, I kind of look at 
at what he was doing once they moved him basically to their center spot and opened up everything else around him, he became damn near unguardable. Like the stuff that he was doing, Alex Caruso, who, by the way, is a very good defender. You could make the case this year that mm-hmm. if Caruso was given minutes commensurate with his commensurate with his talent, he would be one of the candidates did you, for. Did you just for say commensurate? commensurate? I just want to clarify. Right? Yeah, I just want to clarify that you said that. Yeah, yeah, I think okay. so, right? Okay, yeah, you're also, see, this is good, Anthony. This is why Harrison's going to judge this and be like, well, okay, he's pulling out a Shakespeare hat too. So, okay, you're doing a good job. Yeah, continue. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if, 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 if Caruso was given an opportunity that, that matched his talent level, uh, he would, I think, be considered one of the candidates for first-team all-defense, at least second. He's, he was that good defensively, and he couldn't do jack crap with, with Russ. Anytime he, you know... If, if Russ wanted to body him up and stick a, a shoulder in his chest, uh, Caruso was backed off the spot, and, and Russ was able to get whatever shot he wanted in the mid-range, where he is pretty good. So uh, not having Russ actually really hurts, given the way that Houston was playing. So I, I, I have OKC winning in seven, but but flip a coin, man. I think that series is going to be a classic. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, I'm taking Houston in, in seven in that one, just because of the, of the Harden factor, I think. He's probably, you know, like a Dame Lillard. He's going to go off once or twice, maybe even three times in that series. And I, I again, I, that's, I'm not confident in that, but I'll take, I'll take Houston in seven. And then the final Western Conference series that actually could be pretty fun to watch as well, the Mavs and, and the Clippers. Luka Doncic is amazing. I love watching him play. Um, sorry, Kings fans, Sacramento Kings fans. Yeah, that's right. The dearly departed Vladdy Divac took Marvin Bagley Jr. over, or Marvin Bagley the third part of me, over uh, – over uh, uh, Luca, so sorry to you guys and, and going through what you're going through up north. But that, that series, I think, has a potential to be very fun. I just think that the Clippers, again, you have Kawhi Leonard. Uh, he's going to be the difference maker. I, I'll probably, in that one, I'll, I'll take the... I want to take the Clippers in five or six. I just don't... I, I don't know which one yet, but for the sake of this podcast and to not sound like a little... You know what? I will say the Clippers in five. What about you? You know what? I'm going to go a step further. I'm going to say the Lakers sweep the Blazers and the Clippers sweep, sweep the uh, Mavericks. Oh, you think they're just going to go out a, of them? It's a, it's a terrible matchup for Dallas. Uh, yeah. you, have, you have two players on the Clippers who could really bother Luka. And while I think he's special, I think he can be guarded uh, if, you just, if you're just immensely more talented and, and, and athletic. And I think Kawhi and Paul George are both long enough and athletic enough to where they're going to put Luca in jail and the Dallas offense goes as Luca goes. And I don't think, I don't see him really going anywhere. So I think that's a really, really short series. And, and as much as I fear Dame and I'm nervous about Dame uh, nervous is probably underselling it is terror terrified as I am of Dame. I think the Lakers probably sweep the, the Blazers in this one. Okay. We're going to hold you to that. I think we're going to be talking next week and it's a Blazers. Just take one game. We should have a bet on this. What's what's the bet on this year? A six pack. Uh, you can postmates a six pack to someone. <laughs> I'll I'll do I'll do like the, well yeah we'll do that. We'll I'll postmate you a a six pack or a bottle of wine or something. Okay, deal. I'll I'll do the same. We'll do it either if it's uh we'll say if it goes five or less you you win. If it goes six, I, I'm basically just hedging my bet on the six. So I'll take the six and and whatever. My my odds are pretty crappy on that, but whatever. I'll take it. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. And I'm sorry to anybody listening out there if you're an East Coast or Eastern Conference fan. The Eastern Conference matchups do not entice me for the most part, to be honest. But we'll go down them anyways. Orlando-Milwaukee, we both agree Milwaukee's going to win that one in, what, four or five? 
Yeah, I, I, I think Milwaukee sweeps. Miami, Indiana could be interesting. I don't think either of those teams are championship contenders, but that could be that could be interesting. What do you think happens in that one? I think it goes seven. I think they're two very evenly matched teams. For some reason, TJ Warren can't score on Jimmy Butler. Uh, so that's <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. kind of one of the... TJ Warren is like lit the bubble on fire, and I think he scored. I don't think he scored in the second half when they played against uh, Miami the other day. So I think uh, that that you know really brings. I also think for Indiana, uh, Demonte Sabonis is dealing with some plantar fasciitis, which I can't believe I said that sentence on point. I think I did. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I think he's hurt, and he's a really big part of their offense and defense. So. I have Miami winning that one in seven. How about you? Yeah, I'll take the heat. I just think that uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. I just think Miami's a little bit deeper, and I, I, I think they'll take it in, in seven. Uh, Brooklyn, Toronto, again, not very, even though I'm Canadian, not very excited about this one. Uh, I'm going to take the Raptors in five. What about you? Four. I think the, the thing about the, like, in normal playoff years, you have that trip back to wherever the other team is playing in and teams tend to take one of their own home games, but there is no home game for the lesser team here. So yeah. I, I actually really think in this first round, you might see the Lakers sweep. You might see the Clippers sweep, uh, Milwaukee and uh, Toronto. I think all four of those teams sweep their first round series. Yeah, and you bring that up too. I think that's the that's the interesting part about the non home court because what you typically see in the NBA first round, um, the the you know the top one, two, three seeds, they'll win the first two at home, and then game three, the lesser seed, whether it's a seven or six, seven, eight seed. I mean, obviously sometimes not very often, but they do win. But you'll end up seeing them be like, give it their all in game three. You know what I mean? They're at home. They got the crowd going. Sometimes, you know, they'll cut it to 2-1 and then they'll inevitably lose a series. And that's one variable I think people are, are looking at as well, the home court thing where the lesser team, yeah, I mean, you're playing on a neutral court. They're probably going to uh, going to lose. And then the Philly-Boston, that could have been intriguing. I, I don't know what the hell's going wrong with the Sixers. Um, they have the talent. They have, they're, they're deep. Uh, again, I think Boston is, is just a better better squad like in terms of when you look at how they play and their chemistry and and the system that they run um that one's going to be that one will be a pretty i think it'll be an entertaining series because they have a little bit of uh, history between those two teams i mean it's it's like the old school rivalry right like you used to have growing up it was the lakers would await the winner of either the the celtics the pistons or the pisters uh, the, the celtics <laughs> What's that? The Celtics, the Sixers, or the Pistons. Like, those were the three teams that the Lakers would wait to see in the finals. Uh, so, like, I, I'm actually really looking forward to this from a historical standpoint. But it's a super, like, it's a huge bummer that Simmons is, isn't going to be available. I think Joel Embiid is also kind of banged up. He missed yeah. the game in the bubble yeah. with uh, an ankle thing. So, I, I have Boston winning this. And I think they win it in six. I, I... I want to say five, but I, I think that it stretches out to a six game just because Embiid is that good. He's that bad of a matchup for Boston. And I'm still not quite there on trusting Brad Stevens in a, in, in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know what, I'll take Boston in five. 
in that one. And I just think that they're going to, I just think they're just overall, I, I agree with you. I think Embiid, again, depending on his health, though, I, I think he might be able to steal a game on his own, but it's going to be, it's going to be a brutal, brutal out for the, uh, for the Sixers. And then, so who do you have? Like, let's just, let's just break it down now. Who do you have coming out of the Western Conference, Eastern Conference? Let's assume the Lakers play the Clippers in the, in the Western Conference final. Uh, who, how do you have that going? Man, I, I think I have the Lakers beating the Clippers. Uh, I think by that time, the Lakers will have figured out, you know, the because it's they they're they're basically a different team now. Like they are a lot more offensively driven than they were heading, you know, when when the season uh, shut down in the first place. So it's going to take some time for the Lakers to figure that out. But if they do over these first couple rounds and then face the Clippers in that in that round. And and by that time, by the way, all of these teams will have been in the same spot in a closed atmosphere for upwards of, you know, a couple months. And uh, I think the Lakers like each other more than the Clippers do. And by the time that that last round kind of comes around, you might see a couple chips in the in the Clippers chemistry. And and I think the Lakers just in general, especially Anthony Davis, he, he's just he, he's the guy that there is no answer for like the, the, the Clippers have Kawhi and Paul George, but LeBron is the answer to one of those guys defensively. And I think the Lakers have, you know, something to be able to slow down Paul George, whereas the Clippers don't have anybody. Zubats can't guard uh, Anthony Davis. Tres Harrell can't guard Anthony Davis. There's nobody on that, on that team who can hope to contain Davis. So I think, you know, Davis really kind of etches his name in NBA and Lakers history and, and the Lakers win that series against the Clippers. Yeah, I was covering that. I was covering uh, the last game when the Lakers played the, played the Clippers just before everything got shut down. Uh, and you can tell there, I mean, Anthony Davis and those, like, I love the way the Lakers played in that game. Like, I remember the energy in the building and, and they were laser focused and they were coming out to make a statement and they beat Milwaukee you know, the, the game before the game before then. And then they came out and, and, and beat the beat the Clippers to kind of solidify themselves at that point as, as the favorite. But I agree with you. I, I think that's going to be the X factor in that series. What you mentioned is Anthony Davis. I mean, I don't know who the hell is on the like you mentioned, like Zubox, I don't, he's not going to be able to do it. Uh, Harold's not going to be able to bring it. So I think that's going to be the interesting one. I'll take the Lakers in, in, in seven as well. I do think it's going to be a hell of a series, though. I think it'll be awesome. It's kind of sucks that we're not going to get to see it happen at, at Staples Center. But I mean, I think they're obviously two of the three best teams in the NBA, so I'm looking forward to that. What about the Eastern Conference side of things? Man, heading into this year, I thought Milwaukee was just a juggernaut. Um, I thought I thought they were like I, I really had them as the favorite to win it all this season, uh, even above the Lakers, even above the Clippers. I just thought they were going to kind of figure it out. The Brogdon loss, even though he hasn't been as good as maybe we might have thought he would be. Uh, heading into Indiana, he's just a better player. I think he's a better fit than Eric Bledsoe. And not having him there next to Giannis, I think, really hurts Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, and 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 I am super impressed by Toronto. Like what they did to the Lakers, they they it felt suffocating what the what the Raptors did to the Lakers. And Nick Nurse, I think, is quite possibly the best coach in all of basketball right now. And, uh, you know, that really matters in, in a series. So I, I, I have Milwaukee coming out of that series in seven games, but I wouldn't be shocked at all. Like, I, 
if you know the 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 betting term is a stay away kind of series, and I I wouldn't put any money on either team in that series just because it's such it's it's such an evenly matched matchup. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, man. I mean, I thought I thought the same thing coming in. Milwaukee was looking awesome, you know what I mean? Like before everything, uh, the pandemic happened, and, and they were looking great. I, I haven't been sold on on the Bucks in in Orlando as well. And the more I'm watching the Raptors, the more I'm like, damn, that's a good team. You know what I mean? Like just watching the way they play. Yeah. Of course, they don't have the the high end, um, you know, typical superstar that most NBA teams that win championships have. But they are deep, and they can throw. And like you mentioned, Nick Nurse is, is great at making adjustments. Nick Nurse does Nick Nurse does a good job of that. So I'll, I'll take the Raptors coming out of the East. I think they beat the Bucks in, in six or seven, and then we'll we'll discuss the championship series as as we get closer to it. That's crazy. You have you have Toronto potentially winning in six. You don't think that goes seven? No, I th- I think the I think the Raptors defense is is great. I love what Marcus Gasol is doing. Obviously, Kyle Lowry is doing his thing. They got Spicy P. I I think that the the Bucks. I I just don't like what I'm seeing from them so far. Again, everything everything is going to turn up a notch uh, once the playoffs get rolling. So I'm looking at it. I'm going to take yeah. I'm going to take the, the Raptors in six. Call me a Canadian homer all you want. I don't care, Anthony. You're using Shakespeare words. I'm going to go with. I'm going the Raptors in six. I mean, you do you to me. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean. I, I could I, I could maybe see it. I, I think Toronto is really well situated for for dealing with Giannis in that they have the size up front if he gets past their their primary, you know, the, the first layer of the defense. And then their their first layer of the defense with Siakam and especially Siakam, they can they can really hamper him on the perimeter. And if if Bledsoe isn't hitting or uh, if if uh, Middleton is usually really good in the playoffs, but if if like Snell isn't isn't hitting particularly well, like if if Milwaukee shooter shooters aren't aren't coming through, then then yeah, I could I could see a, a six game series there. It's just it's just crazy to think that you know a team that is so mathematically great as Milwaukee is that we might once again see kind of same old same old from Milwaukee. That would be that'd be that'd be a tough watch. And then what does that mean for the league moving forward with Giannis? Does he ever get sick of same old, same old in Milwaukee? Yeah, that's gonna be interesting this this offseason. What happens what happens with him? I mean, uh, you know, he's gonna be able to sign the Supermax if and obviously we'll know. You know, it's the same thing with Anthony Davis. If he tells him, hey, I'm not coming back. And I think the, how they do in this postseason will will have a lot to do with it. Do you think he ultimately ends up staying though with the Bucks? No. No, I think he's he's probably out of there. I, I think so too. I think he's ready to go to a, a big market and and kind of be a superstar and be maybe the next face of the league once LeBron kind of slowly starts transitioning out over the next two three years and he'll build himself up. So I, I I'm with you too. I don't. I mean, I always do like the small market teams kind of being able to keep their guys. Obviously, that that hasn't been the case in a lot of the a lot of the situations with NBA superstars, especially over the last what ten years. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I I just think that he's going to end up. I think he ends up bouncing as well. Uh, which and we'll wrap up on this. Which first round series are you most looking forward to seeing? Is it Houston OKC? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a I think it's a tie between Houston OKC and and Philly and Boston. Like Philly and Boston is such a really cool like old school rivalry. You have two of the oldest cities in the country uh, going up against each other. So you know, in in that respect, it's a really fun one. But in terms of just pure basketball, uh, Houston OKC is just. It's two really, you know, you have OKC, which is like you said, a lot more. You know, the talent is a lot more dispersed evenly throughout the throughout the roster. You have Stephen Adams, who is 
one of the most imposing physical presences in the NBA. Uh, but will he be played off of the court by way of Houston's skill and speed? Uh, can Houston actually prove that this like Maury ball on steroids is a sustainable way to win a playoff series? Like that's just that's incredible. And then on top of all of that, you have you know you have Russ and Harden playing against Sam Presti's OKC Thunder. You have Chris Paul playing against Houston, the team that just traded him. Uh, it's just, it's a fascinating, fascinating series. Yeah. I'm, I'm really just looking forward to, yeah, how that all plays out. And like, it kind of, I mean, the only thing, yeah, it just, it just, just kind of sucks that, um, we're not going to see it like under normal circumstances. Cause I love the way the, the, I'm missing that watching these games, the, the crowd, the energy of the crowd and, and not being able to see that. But you know, that's, it is what it is. Like I said, I'm not going to sit here and complain about the fact that while people are dying across the world, I get to watch basketball. So I'm not going to complain about that and get some perspective on it. Uh, that does it for this episode. Don't forget as well, you can subscribe to our podcast network. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're there. And of course, silverscreenroll.com. Here we go. Everything's going to start ramping up now. Check it out there. Harrison, Christian, Sabrina, and the whole crew has you covered. Uh, don't forget, you can follow Anthony as well online. Anthony, what's your, what's your uh, t- uh, Twitter handle again? Anthony F. Irwin? Yep, Anthony Irwin LA. Anthony Irwin LA. Anthony Irwin LA. Uh, yeah, and you can you can follow me on there, and and uh, I, I guarantee you, there's going to be some some moments where all of Portland is screaming at me for something. Okay, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, you are you are good at getting a rise out of people for sure. So I'm looking <laughs> looking forward to uh, to seeing what you have to say on there as well. Yep. All right, playoff basketball, man. How know, exciting is this, dude, man? I'm, we're, we're, like I said, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. Holy crap! Like, yeah, it's here, finally, you know, and it, 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 we'll discuss this next week, too. I actually want to talk about what you think is going to happen with the following season, how it's all going to go down. But let's enjoy the week again. Lakers kick off their series against the Blazers Tuesday at 6. Don't forget, like I said, subscribe to our network. We'll have new podcasts coming out every day. Looking forward to it. Enjoy the uh, enjoy the playoffs, Lakers fans. We'll talk to you all next week.